On today's show, the Bucks make an August roster move. It does not get any more exciting than that. And this one, in all seriousness, Ty Ty Washington, a first-round draft pick from only 12 or 14 months ago. So this is a significant signing, or could be, particularly when you look at the Bucks roster. So where does Ty Ty Washington fit? How did he find himself available at this time of year? And then on the back of that, we're going to talk a little bit of FIBA World Cup. There's a number of current Bucks playing and some familiar faces from recent roster moves. So plenty going on for a late August pod. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Whenever it goes live in the off-season, taking it a little bit easier in August, but soon to be back Monday to Friday. You can also find my work over at ESPN alongside me from the Bucks Radio Network, uh, also just gearing himself up as we're just over a month away from preseason basketball, uh, is Justin Garcia for today's episode that's brought to you by FanDuel. A little bit more on that later. As always, we thank everyone for watching the show, supporting the show. And particularly when we are Monday to Friday, the every day is the jump on board, locked on bucks every single day. We appreciate the support. I know we've been getting a few questions. Where has the show been? But when there's news like this, we have to drop a podcast uh, as soon as we possibly can fit it in our schedule. So if you haven't done so yet, uh, drop a rating, a comment, a like, subscribe, do all those things. It helps the show continue to grow and it's free to do so. And as I said, we are just starting to gear up again. But Justin... This is absolute gold for podcasters in August when you get a roster move and quite honestly, one that is intriguing, potentially exciting if you want to be on the positive sides of things. Uh, Ty Ty Washington picked 29 in last year's draft and uh, actually, uh, Justin, I believe in the locked on mock draft that we had uh, that year prior to the draft, a selection from Kane Pittman. (laughs) Ty Ty Washington was the guy I had in that draft, and now I never sit back and try and act that I act like I am a an expert in those types of things. That's why we defer to Sam Vecini, who comes on this podcast, and our friends in that world. But uh, either way, an intriguing name leading into the draft, and I would say still fourteen months later, an intriguing name. He, um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly intriguing, and it seems like he had kind of been connected. Might be a little strong, but. The draft you you mentioned, you had the selection for the mock draft of Ty Ty Washington. He was he was one of those names that was linked to the Bucks, if for no other reason than where he was expected to go in the draft and, and mm-hmm. where the Bucks were picking. But it started uh, back then, what fourteen months ago, and even when it became apparent, he's probably going to be available because of the roster crunch in Oklahoma City. And when that finally happened, there was a lot of Bucks fans that we're trying to kind of will this into existence as well. It, it felt very reminiscent of Drew Holiday and Eric Bledsoe and, and those two ending up here. So it's fitting that another combo guard and, and I guess a point guard, but not a, a true point guard, Bucks fans have, have willed into Milwaukee as a member of the team. So let's go back to Sam Fasini's uh, original uh, story. And he also did this uh, 
in uh, combination with Kelly Ico there who covers the Houston Rockets. So if we go to the strengths uh, part here and uh, Sam says, good size and length for a combo guard who shades more towards the lead guard position at six foot three with a six eight wingspan. Uh, not a great athlete, but plays with great pace. Washington's critical skill is the ability to process the game faster than others. Seems to make the right play far more often than not. His best skill is a passer, but then he goes on to say that he can be a talented scorer as well. And as you sort of referenced, perhaps more of a combo guard than your pure out-and-out point guard, but obviously had a pretty good year in Kentucky. And it's interesting because with Houston last year, only the 31 appearances. And ultimately, I think that when you have signings like this, it all comes down to timing. And there was going to be a, a roster crunch in Houston as they look to evolve. He ends up in Oklahoma City. They had like 19 guys on their roster and super talented young players. Well, we know we've got my my man there at the point guard, Josh Gideon. There's no need for a backup there because he's taking over things with SGA as well. So more than this being a thing that I look at and say, geez, asking questions, why is Ty Ty Washington available? To me, this is just a circumstance, situation in OKC. And if you're the Bucks. This is, this is nice. This is nice business to get this guy in on a two-way contract. We should have referenced that. Um, but let's face it, there might be opportunities here. Yeah, I mean, obviously not having uh, everybody's uh, current roster in front of you at the very moment. But still, I was a little surprised that it was a, a two-way deal that you were able to get him on. Um, c- because if for no other reason, then you would assume, as we mentioned, he has the pedigree of a first-round pick 12 months, 14 months ago. Um had a pretty good season. I think he was second team all conference at Kentucky and one of the more highly touted prospects coming into that draft or into that, uh, that high school class coming out of it. So for all those reasons, you would assume there's, oh, there's gotta be another team that would just say, Hey, we'll, we'll put you on the roster. So mm-hmm. to, to not only get him, but to get him on a two-way deal is extremely good business, I think for the bucks. And then, you know, you go back to the end of the season when the season came to an end and and even before that, one of the things we talked about on this show and everywhere else was, you know, sooner or later, this team is going to have to get younger and get some type of infusion of young talent. When you looked up and down the roster, you felt good with the trio of of Giannis and Chris and uh, Drew and even Brooke, but you knew like, well, these are guys saved for Giannis that are already in their thirties and getting older. You've watched Dante DiVincenzo leave other prospects that that didn't quite pan out to what you hope. So sooner or later, you got to hit it on one of these. And I think that was a lot of the added attention that we put on a Marjan Beauchamp and the interest that, that Bucks fans had in him. But now to go from that to here we are, where you have Ty Ty Washington on a two-way deal. Jury obviously is still out on all of the young guys, Andre Jackson specifically, but you saw some nice things from him. We saw some some good and some maybe not so good from Marjan Bochamp over the summer and in summer league. And even a guy like Amari Moore, which is even more fascinating when you look at the two-way deals for the Bucks. I'm not going to say the Bucks are on the level of the Thunder or other teams that are just ripe with all of this young talent, but you went from basically on a scale of one to one hundred, maybe a two, to <laughs> hey, maybe we're close to the middle now. So you just made me look this up. We talk about young players on the Milwaukee Bucks roster and perhaps the lack thereof over the last uh, 24, 36 months, couple of seasons. So Ty Ty Washington, this still sounds kind of weird to me. This man was born on November 15, 2001. So he is uh, 21 years old. He'll turn 
uh, 22 here in the next couple of months. He is two days younger than Andre Jackson Jr. So Ty Ty Washington, officially the youngest Bucks player on the roster. I want to talk about his fit on this team because we've discussed the backup point guard so many times or certainly the backup uh, guard positions and whether or not we think that he can actually play. And then just some more from the scouting report on Ty Ty Washington. But overall, I think if you are someone that can be a bit of a skeptic about these types of signings and how they can fit, even if you're a skeptic of Ty Ty Washington, I can't wait to hear the feedback from the listeners. This just can't be a signing to me that anyone can sit back and be really annoyed about. I mean, it seems like a free hit. It's a two-way contract. Why would you not do this? So uh, we'll talk about John Horst and the Bucks uh, franchise working on the fringes as well. That's coming up after we talk about FanDuel uh, because we know uh, the NFL season right around the corner and there are some incredible offers with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers can bet five bucks and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet five bucks will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV there as well. So now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. And just quickly, because we're going to talk about the FIBA World Cup a little bit later on. USA, still the favorites there. Canada right there. Canada's been on fire in this tournament. Spain, you can get a plus 1,000. The third favorite, Germany, plus 1,200. Australia just dropped a little bit, plus 1,600. If you're asking me, there's some value there for the Aussies. Get on board now while you can. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, don't forget to keep it locked on Bucks and uh, sub- subscribe and turn your notifications on and you'll know uh, when we are dropping a show next and it really ramps up over the next few weeks as we build into preseason. So if you've been sitting back and you've been missing the daily shows, don't panic because they're about to come back because the 2024 season is not too far away. So the backup point guard position, Justin, and look, we've discussed this. It might actually have been the biggest talking point uh, of the offseason in terms of roster construction once the Bucks started to fill out uh, this team. You've already mentioned Andre Jackson Jr. And I think we've looked, sat back and said, is he going to be the guy that's actually going to get some minutes here at the guard position? And uh, Malik Beasley, obviously, joining the roster as well. Drew Holiday will be the starter. Where does Grayson Allen fit in all this? So I already referenced the fact that Ty Ty Washington, 31 appearances last year, pretty low minutes on a Houston Rockets team that wasn't winning a lot of games. Feels to me, he's had a year in the system, and we'll see. I imagine we'll see some of Ty Ty Washington in preseason basketball. But I don't think it's the craziest thought in the world to think that, again, because of the roster construction, he might get some opportunities, particularly early in the season uh, leading into Christmas when maybe the Bucks are trying some things. They're trying to figure out a rotation and, quite honestly, probably trying to see what they've got with Washington. Yeah, I mean, if so let's just start with the, the two-way the three that, that the Bucks now have, um, we spent most of the offseason, or at least post-draft, focusing on, well, they can't possibly be done. What are they going to do for a backup point guard? And it appears as though the Bucks are going to say, you know what, our backup point guard is these three guys that we have in Lindell Wigginton, Omari Moore, and now Ty Ty Washington, all point guards or combo guards in, in the case of Moore and to Washington. So it, if one of those guys makes a leap, that could prove to be very beneficial. When you talk about playing time, if you look back at the two-way deals or the two-way players last year, um, Mamu played about 25 games. A lot of that, all of that was obviously early in the season. And then, of course, 
he was no longer with the team, uh, what, about midway through the season? So if that trend continued, you were going to see a decent amount of playing time for Sandro Mamoukelishvili. Lindell Wigginton just played about 10 or so, but A.J. Green played close to half of the season. So uh, you're going to see those opportunities, and especially when you look at some of the guys that aren't there. When we talked about searching for the backup point guard, George Hill, who was a part of the team last year, is gone. Uh, obviously, Joe Ingles, who, for all intents and purposes, became your backup point guard. He's gone. So there's going to be opportunities for guys there, and I think it's going to be pretty fascinating to watch all three of those guys to see who makes the most of those opportunities. Obviously, with his pedigree and, and with his age and the fact that he was a first-round pick, you would hope that that's Ty Ty Washington that just takes it and runs with it. But the fact that, you know, Lindell Wigginton just keeps hanging around for these last three years, there's certainly something there that they like. We've seen him run an offense capable, I would say. I don't think anybody here is going to say Lindell Wigginton is a starting quality point guard and, and even a backup point guard. He'd be towards the bottom of the list. But the fact that this is going to be, what, year number three, I know in a different system now, but with these teammates – that speaks for something there. So to me, there's going to be a lot of playing time for all three of these guys, and especially early in the season to see how things shake out. So feel free to tell me here if this is just me being excited about a new name and we discussed the pedigree and he was he played at Kentucky and he was a, a guy that played big minutes there. So if you just straight up sit here and say to me, well, you have an opportunity to give Wigginton minutes, or it's tie tie Washington early in the season. I want to see Washington it's, because it's a no brainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at twenty one, you want to see what you've got here. Uh, and it is worth noting, and this is looking far into the future. And maybe you find that you've got a gem here. And we've discussed how can the Bucks move into the next window? How can they continue to improve the roster and build the roster? Well, it's stuff like this, and it's a long shot that it works out. But when it does work out, this is the goal that you can have. Uh, potentially moving forward. You look at the guys on the back end of the roster. I know they just drafted Chris Livingston, but you know he's probably the 14th, 15th guy. And you know, where does Robin Lopez fit? And AJ Green, does he develop and be a guy you want to keep? So if things really work out, there is obviously going to be room that the Bucks can can work out a way to, to keep Ty Ty Washington around as well, which is nice with the flexibility with a two-way contract. Uh, so I, I think from that point of view, it's, it, again, it's, it's a no-brainer to get a guy... So it, it, these opportunities just don't come around. Again, it's not like something dramatically bad has happened. It feels like just a bad roster fit and limited opportunity. Yeah, and, you know, I, I omitted him when we were talking about um, this team going from basically no young players to all of a sudden, you know, not like on the level of, of some of the other teams that we've referenced. Like, it, it's not like, oh, this is like the Thunder or even some of the young players, ironically enough, that you see in Houston – but you went from none to, okay, we at least have some that let's see among these, what, four or five guys, if one or two of these guys can develop into a pretty solid rotational piece, great, because we basically had no hopes of that the last two years. You were pinning everything on Marjan Bochamp. He's, you know, another guy to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I would agree that, you know, even lumping in Omari Moore, hmm. if you say only one guy on these two-way deals – we're going to give the opportunities to it, it. It needs to be Ty Ty Washington because yeah, everything we've talked about so far on this show. And, you know, in the case of Lindell Wigginton too, I think 
you probably know what you have in him that he's the kind of, I don't know if break in case of emergency is even the right way to put it, but in the short term, in a pinch, if we need somebody to step in and help us out and back up Drew or somebody else, fine. We can turn to this guy for limited minutes for a couple of games, but I'm not trying to say that, well, maybe, you know, Lindell Wigginson can develop into a guy that you continue to build. Maybe he can develop into a guy that you play more than 10 minutes a game, but I think that's where you're at. So with that and, and with the, you know, the, the strengths and weaknesses that we saw from uh, Omari Moore in summertime and in the summer league on paper, it makes all the sense in the world to say, okay, let's, let's see what we have here in Ty Ty Washington for the reason that number one, you'd love to have another capable ball handler. And of all those guys, I think the one thing that jumps out the most, you know, if we look at Andre Jackson, Omari Moore, uh, Lindell Wigginton, everybody that we've referenced so far, we joked after the draft that the Bucks are, are kind of doing this thing where they're adding more athleticism, which was the other thing we talked about going into the offseason. You need to get younger and you need more size and athleticism on the wing. Well, the Bucks added a decent amount of that, but it all came in the form of guys who the knack or the knock on them was, uh, I, I don't really know if they can shoot. And that's not the case with Ty Ty Washington. I know if you look at his numbers last year, they weren't great. I think he shot around, 25% from three, but again, it was 30 games that we're talking about. It was up and down playing time. And he's another guy in the scouting report. It's we think he can develop a, a pretty good jump shot from the mid range and three point, which is not going to be the case. At least I don't think for the other names that we mentioned. So let's go back to the Fasini uh, scouting report here. And that's perfect uh, segue from you, Justin. So Fasini says, I like Washington from beyond the three point line think the percentages are lowered because of some mid-season ankle injuries. This was going back to the year at, at Kentucky. Uh, he's better from mid-range, but I trust him from three. He hit 33% of his pull-up threes per synergy. Has some real step-back skills and, again, can do it going both to his right and left. I do think he's better off the catch right now, uh, but has uh, certainly some optimism that projecting forward, he can be a guy that can shoot a little bit better than that. And we've discussed it before. The rhythm for a rookie when you're coming in, you're playing spot minutes, it's all over the place, it's erratic. That can't be easy as a shooter to know when those touches are coming and those shots are coming. So we'll see. And if he's a two-way guy and he's not in the box and he's, he's not playing, uh, go to the herd. Play some G League basketball and get some big minutes there. And if you're someone that's interested in watching that team, I think we've projected, I think that this is going to be a pretty highly entertaining uh, Wisconsin herd team that if you're a Bucks fan, you're going to want to watch because you're seeing these guys for the future. And last point before we move on to FIBA World Cup is that if you had said last year the Bucs have got pick 24 in the draft, pick 29 in the draft, and they get Marjan Beauchamp, then they pick up Ty Ty Washington, I guarantee you we would have been chatting on the podcast last year because the fans would have been furious that Ty Ty Washington wasn't getting minutes and it would have been a big talking point like it has been for Marjan Beauchamp. So it almost feels like now you've got two guys coming in that have been there, haven't had the opportunities, second-year guys, reason for optimism and more than anything it's just exciting i think if you're a bucks fan to add another young talented player in the mix with that pedigree uh we already discussed so let us know what you think in the comments about ty ty washington and the fit and uh, surely you haven't got any complaints but if you do let us know and we'll uh, break all that down but some exciting august news there is a major basketball tournament going on right now that's the FIBA world cup we're just going to run through a few of the numbers the stats and give an update on where those teams are just in case you haven't been following because now is the time to jump onto the FIBA World Cup. We're really rapidly approaching knockout basketball. We'll talk about that.
Okay, FIBA World Cup underway. We're now into the second round, which as we record this is going to get underway tonight. Let's start with Team USA and Bobby Portis. Now, look, the side of the draw that the USA on is just ridiculously easy for this team. They should be able to cruise right through to the quarters. And to be honest, they should be able to cruise right through to the semifinals. It is a, a very, very easy draw. They also don't have to leave uh, Manila for the entire tournament. So very comfortable times for this Team USA squad. Uh, Bobby Portis has appeared in three games, but out of the 12 guys on the squad, uh, 11 players are averaging double-digit minutes. Bobby Portis at the back end of that at 12.5. So he might not be a guy that's in the rotation once push comes to shove, uh, Justin. But so far, he's doing what Bobby Portis does. In 12 minutes, he's getting you nine points and four rebounds, and he's shooting 71% from three on 4.7 attempts. So he's playing nine minutes and getting up five threes. Uh, Bobby not messing around. And, hey, we like to see him knocking those down after he did have some rough moments last season. Yeah, I mean, and it's just, I, I think every Bucks fan would would probably feel this way too. Like, number one, it's always, I guess, neat would be the word. But it, it, you always like to see one of your guys on yeah. that type of stage. I mean, remember years and, and years ago, prior to the Giannis arrival, where it was just, oh, man, it would be great if we could get an all-star when you would pin your hopes Mm-hmm. on Michael Red or on Andrew Bogut. And, man, can the Bucks get an all-star here? And now you obviously don't have to worry about that with Giannis. Drew and, and Chris have become perennial-ish all-star type players. So you look at things like the World Cup and, and Team USA, and we've obviously seen Drew, Drew and Chris there that we've seen. But for Bobby, that's, that's the most feel-good. I know it's just the World Cup. But to see Bobby included on that team, when you think about his backstory and, and just – how Bucks fans feel about Bobby Portis, even if the minutes are limited. We've seen in limited stints of his playing time what Bobby Portis brings, and especially an international level. And you, you see him get to bring that around new guys has been something that's nice. But to me, that's been the story, not so much Bobby Portis, but about this, this World Cup for Team USA is – I, I'm not going to say the league is moving into this, but in, in international play, we're headed there the changing of the guard when you see that these younger guys that are starting to make a massive leap. And I think early on it was Anthony Edwards that it was, whoa, this guy's really making a jump. And, and all the, uh, the rumors of flirtations of, could we see Anthony Edwards end up in golden state with Steve Kerr now? Um, But he's obviously a big one. It, It carries a lot of significance to Bucks fans, at least those in Wisconsin, Tyrese Halliburton to me is, is the biggest one. And, and we obviously saw that at the NBA level the last year and a half, but to see that at the international level and, and when you watch those games too, and you see, yeah, Jalen Brunson is is still uh, in there and running, but it, it's, it's Tyrese Halliburton's team and he is clearly the best point guard on this team. So to me, those were the two things that I was really interested in coming into um, this tournament was, seeing Bobby Portis get that opportunity that he rightly deserves to continue to advance. And, and then to see some of these young guys, because I think a lot of us joked when you saw the initial groupings for the rosters of like, what, what is this team? But then you saw young guys that were ready to take a leap, like a Jaron Jackson Jr. And obviously the names that we reference, that's been the thing that's been most exciting to watch is to see, okay, which of these guys that we saw put it together? Cause it happened so many times where you see a young guy, you think back to Kevin Durant when he took over, what, a decade ago, and all of a sudden he became a force. It happens so many times where that's kind of the launching point that you just become the guy on that team. 
and then you just continue to build on that at the NBA level. Dare I say it, with all these young faces on this Team USA team, they might actually be likable. This might be a Team USA team that you can sit back and say, oh, I'm cool if they win it. I thought all along, just because it seemed like the buy-in was there, uh, Steve Kerr obviously takes over as well, as you referenced. So all these guys seem like they want to be a part of it. And Bobby Portis is the veteran of this team. And we know what Bobby Portis is like with all these young guys. Whether or not he's playing major minutes, we see some of the social content from the Bucks, but he just looks like he's thriving. He's enjoying it. This is a great experience for him. And uh, for Bucks fans, yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's cool that Bobby Portis is going to come in. He's going to be energized. He's playing a role for Team USA. Maybe he gets a gold medal. Surely he'll get some kind of medal, you would, you would assume here. So... Yeah, it's cool to see Bobby there, and uh, obviously, maybe they might be on a collision course uh, with Canada there as well. So we'll see how that plays out. Now, uh, first of all, I'm not sure what you mean with the maybe this team is actually likable. That seems like a, a pretty big shot to be. But I get it. You, when you think back to the teams of old, they were basically the Warriors in in 2016, 17, where it was just mercenaries that would come in and let's handpick the best individual players at the NBA level that are Americans. And and that's who you have to deal with. Good luck to the rest of the countries that are playing. But yeah, this one was different with not only, you know, a roster construction that's very similar to other nations or other countries that we've seen go up against. When you see a guy and you think, Oh, I forgot that he's Croatian or I forgot that he's Serbian. That's kind of what we're like with this team. When you see the likes of a Jaron Jackson, junior Tyrese Halliburton, who obviously has recognition, but isn't, at the superstar level yet. And you, you see Walker Kessler on the team and, and getting playing time. And you're like, Oh, I forgot about that. So in that sense, yeah, I agree. And also the buy-in aspect that you referenced too, of, you know, we want you here for the world cup and just continue to be part of this for the next couple of years, but this isn't just show up, win a medal and leave. Like we want to build a team here. Yeah, if you're not from America, because if anyone's like, well, that's not a very nice thing to say about uh, Team USA. But if you're not from America and you go... No, you would hate them, yeah. Yeah, you're just like, well, this is ridiculous. Like, how are we supposed to possibly compete with this? So now you have the, the young stars coming in. Also, I, li- I love the personalities. But also the with this team, as I said, there seems like there's a buy-in and an excitement to play rather than, all right, let's get some big names together, win gold and get the hell out of here. It seems like they, they're invested. And then if you are, like me, Australian or from somewhere else, you might look at the team and say, okay, there's a chance. If we can get to a semifinal, we can get to a gold medal. We know the rest of the world, certainly in, in basketball, is catching up as well. There's some seriously, seriously talented teams. I already referenced Canada, you know, Australia. 10 of the 12 guys are NBA guys. That's never been the case before. And Europe, yeah, Europe, we know all the powerhouses there as well. So I think it overall, it's fun to see some of these matchups and these teams that probably think like they're a chance and there's not the same intimidation factor. And I think that that matters for a tournament like this. Now, it might change for the Olympics when all the stars <laughs> roll back in. We'll see. Um, but certainly for a World Cup, I think this is an awesome tournament that people should jump in and watch. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. And, and by the way, too, when we mentioned uh, young guys that are, that are starting to take that leap or evidently doing so, and we mentioned uh, Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton, but you mentioned Canada. We would be remiss not to mention what Shea Gilgis-Alexander has done for that team and why they have become a force in this tournament on the heels of being an MVP consideration last year. So when you talk about guys making a leap, you could argue Shea already made the leap and now he's just going up another step here. Yeah, absolutely. And no Giannis, that's the big shame, particularly for our listeners of this show. We would love to watch that because Greece did make it through to the second round. They got a little bit of a scare from my friends over in New Zealand, but they were able to get that win. They finished two and one in the group stage. So no Giannis, no Jokic, 
No Kristaps Bazingas. Canada, we mentioned Jamal Murray. He's not playing. So there are some seriously big names that aren't there, which is a shame, um, but certainly still enough uh, star power. I know Australia is a few hours away from playing Slovenia and Luca, and who knows, he's going to drop 70. Uh, hopefully not, and Australia can uh, get the win. They need to win from here. Uh, I mentioned Greece, though, and uh, some names that if you follow the Greece team like we have, certainly at Eurobasket last year, uh, some of the bigger performances and names that really just stick with my mind from watching that tournament when Giannis was there, uh, whether it be Papa Petru and Papa Giannis, someone that our Greek fans always jump in the YouTube comments and say he should be back in the NBA, but he's uh, scoring 11 points and six rebounds as well. He's been good. So I don't know the longevity for Greece in this tournament. We'd love uh, our Greek friends to jump in the YouTube comments and let us know. Are they invested without Giannis? Are they excited? Do they think that they can reach a quarterfinal? Um, it might be challenging, but I'd be curious to know because they're going to know uh, more than us. And Thanasis has been playing big minutes, but hasn't had a big game to uh, this point in the tournament. As far as just other guys, obviously Joe Ingles is playing for Australia. He hasn't had a, a dominant game yet, but just been really impactful with the ways that we saw facilitation. The other guy that I wanted to mention, Sandro Mamu Kalashvili, who's playing for uh, Georgia in this tournament, and he's scoring in double digits. He's getting uh, six rebounds, three assists as well. And Mamu, always a guy, Justin, that I'm going to support and want to do well because he was a fun player to watch. And he also seemed just like a, a really cool guy, a fun personality. You saw that um, certainly up close more than I did. Yeah, um, just the personality first and foremost. And I think he's another guy when we talk about, you know, the Bucks just haven't had these young guys. You know, it's, it's usually been just one guy that you would pin your hopes on the last few years in terms of developing into something. And that Oh, by the way, that you know, that one guy has always been either a second round pick or towards the end yeah. of the first round, just you know, by proxy of, of how successful the Bucks have been. But with Mamu, you know, I remember when they drafted him and um, seeing some of the highlight packages and a lot of people around here too, Marquette fans having seen him up close uh, at Seton Hall, you you, mm. you saw the playmaking ability, and I think that's what really stood out the most with him. I've kind of joked about it. It's he's he's the most deceiving six foot 11 player in the league because there's just no wingspan really in rim protection. I think that's ultimately the one thing that Mamu is missing. We saw him get an extended look in San Antonio last year after he went there and did some nice things. It's going to be interesting to see how he fits in uh, with Victor Wembanyama now and, and the rest of that team. But yeah, that's the one thing with Mamu that you feel like, man, he would be a pretty good rotational piece on 25 teams in this league, if he had a little more wingspan or if he was a true seven-footer, because that's the one thing that just appears to be missing. Yeah, congratulations, uh, Mamu. You go from defending Giannis in practice to now you've got uh, Wemby as well. So he's just like, is there any chance I can just get a, a standard size big man rather than these guys that are just absolutely outrageous? But it's fun to see some of those familiar faces. I've, I've missed a couple, I'm sure, but that are in the FIBA World Cup. And it's getting to the exciting part now. Let's wrap this up, though. It was fun to do a podcast because, as we said, you get to August, late August, dead period, but we've got a really cool basketball tournament going on with medals not too far away. Uh, and the news, which, I again, I'm excited about. Ty Ty Washington, let us know what you think. Jump in the YouTube comments in particular and interact uh, with the show and get involved. And like I said, it's still a couple of weeks of quiet time here, so uh, continue to drop your ideas for content for uh, other teams you want to hear from. Um, I, I've been little tied up with some some other things so i've been trying to get the podcast out but uh we'll continue to work on that so make sure you stay involved with the show justin it's a pleasure to drag you out 
uh, and get you uh, back on the podcast team because we're gonna we're gonna start to warm up. We're gonna start to warm up. The NBA season is not too far away. Yeah, we got about three weeks basically. Once you get to the around the twentieth of September, we'll start to have media day and training camp, and then before you know it, it's here. So the last few weeks that we have. All right. Well, subscribe, drop a like, a comment, rate, review, do all those things. Continue to support the show because we're gearing up for another big NBA season. Uh, For this show, though, we're done. For Justin and myself, we'll speak to you guys next time.